Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Too butch, too butch, it's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Barb Hardly, and I'm also a senior reporter producer for Decider.com whenever I'm in drag as Brett White. Say hello to the Michelle Visage to my RuPaul, Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Barb. I'm glad <laughs> to see that you are dressed up appropriately for this wonderful 80s uh, tribute episode that we are recording for an incredibly 80s but wonderful TV show, <laughs> Bosom Buddies! Yes! I mean, well, so first of all, everyone, as we keep reminding y'all every single week, we also have a YouTube component. You can just go to YouTube slash, I guess, user must have seen TV. I actually don't know what that URL is. But you can go there and you can see, uh, let me, I got to do my walk of, oh my God. We're going to be talking a lot about drag today. I mean, get a load of the the body. See the, see the drag, talk about the drag, live <laughs> yeah. the drag. It's a drag episode. I know. I mean, this was honestly, how are we not going to do Bosom Buddies when it came time to the 80s? Because your uh, lovely host of the past five years has become a drag queen. So how are we not going to do this? How have you not done Bosom Buddies before? Because uh, it's Bosom Buddies. <laughs> It's also really it's, hard to find. It is very hard to find, but you know, if you're fine with riding the wild seas of piracy, no, oh, I don't not. know if I'd call Daily Motion piracy. I got, I did get a request uh, that if we talk about episodes, we should tell people where to find them. Oh, who's talking to you about our show? It's oh my, my mom. God. Oh, yeah. My, my mom listened to the first episode. She was a big fan of Life of Riley, and she's wondering yes. where she can watch Life of Riley. Uh, 2B TV. So, Life of Riley is on 2B TV. Uh, Patty Duke Show is on 2B TV. Also on 2B TV. And Paul so, Lynn Show is on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yes. Um, so, and back in the olden days when I would actually plan ahead, I would say at the end of the episode we're going to watch this next week this is streaming service it's on i ain't done that uh because either what are we doing next week i don't know <laughs> something from the 90s hopefully something from the 90s um and then so, do, then the question is do we start from the beginning again do 50s well, 90s, or do we go backwards i was thinking actually i was just came to me today we could do you know 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s and then a special <gasps> Which might just be a heart-to-heart -heart episode. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love to hang out with the hearts again. I know you would. 
I love that episode that we did watch. Yeah. The heart to heart where it was all about seances and yes. mediums and Seasons. I could weigh in with my own expertise. And See? I thought I was going to be able to weigh in with my expertise with this one because spoilers, uh, Kip and Henry from Bosom Buddies work at an advertising agency and I work at an advertising agency. I've worked in advertising agencies my whole adult life. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. how about an episode where they do with stuff at the ad agency? But it turns out those episodes uh, don't also have a drag component. <laughs> They're just yeah. like one or the other. Well, so I'm wanting to like try out. We're going to try out some new segments in this episode that I thought up just because, you know, since we're going to be talking to each other every week, I just want to know what have you been watching this week? We can talk what about things I... that don't exist in the 20th century. <laughs> I have been wa- I've been watching. I've, my wife and I watch a lot of anime. Megan and I watch a lot of anime. Um, and that it was something that we got into really as comfort food, like popcorn chicken during the pandemic it was just it was just it's fun it's light you can really get into it there's all these fandoms and we've been watching a show called parallel world pharmacy which is yes is it just Uh, set at a pharmacy it is it's a it's a (laughs) it's a guy in a research lab in japan who dies of overwork and then he is reborn as a child in kind of a fantasy land and he establishes a chain pharmacy Oh, goodness. Why is it good? <laughs> you just watch it and you go, this makes me feel happy. That How long are these episodes? Them. They're like 22 minutes. Oh, my God. That's a whole lot of pharmacy content. Oh, in the, in the last episode, they just this created a guild for pharmacists. So there's a rival. There's a rival guild. That's not like, very the, good. like the thieves and assassins guild in X-Men. Yes. Like that. Exactly like that. So uh, you learn about cosmos, cosmeceuticals and things like ooh. that. It's very interesting. Influenza. Uh, I love it. Um, what have you been watching, Barb? Well, so in when I'm in drag at work as Brett White. Oh, my God. I've chipped my nails. Ugh. It's the problem with having to paint my nails the night before is they just get chipped uh, during the day. Um, so at, at work, I've been. Uh, God. I have to cover a lot of stuff that I do not like, which is a lot of reality dating shows. I do not like them. Um, I don't really enjoy watching people I don't find attractive uh, make out with each other in a place that I would much rather be. It's not it's not my tea. It's not my deal. So I've been watching Netflix's Dated and Related. Uh, which, that because what, my mind goes one place. Exactly. Where does your mind go? They're dating and they're also relating. Wow, it's it's almost like they chose that title just to uh, be salacious and entice viewers and streamers. No is a bunch of siblings, uh, one set of cousins who are in a villa because they're always in a fucking villa. But this time in France. So at least it isn't just like a random place in California. And yeah, and they um, basically it's like they only go on dates with someone that their sibling sets them up with. So you have to get like sibling approval and, and and it's all about wing man and or wing woman and for um, your sibling. And no, it is not good. And I have had I've watched the entire season because I had to. And at the this end, is what I do. And in the end, they all just walk into the sea. Yes, and, and they never to be seen again. Never and swimming there, the bodies of contestants from past seasons of Love Island and uh, and Cosmic Love. And uh, just every other <laughs> show that I've had to cover this year, Chase Louise. Um, 
but yeah, that's, I mean, that's my story. That's my tale. And I don't like telling it. Do we like that? I'm sticking to the accent right now. I don't know how annoying this gets to listeners. If we learned anything from bosom buddies, it's do what makes you feel comfortable. <laughs> and right now, you know, last episode I, I dressed up, I wore a, uh, a shirt with a collar. I wore a jacket. And I looked at myself in the, the video and I said, I am overdressed for this. Uh, I like that Barb you say that and look at what, look at all. <laughs> You're the visual interest. I'm I guess, the, you know, I'm, you know, I'm here to be comfortable. So I'm, I'm dressed up the way I wore dressed to work, which is a uh, trade winds t-shirt and a Hawaiian shirt. And I feel yes. good about it because I look like a human again and not a college professor in training. I- Although, I mean, that's my, that is usually what I dress like, which we'll get to because honestly, this episode of Bosom Buddies uh, just has a lot that I got to talk about. Um, But first, I want to actually read a comment that we got left on YouTube because, as I've said, if you talk to us, we will talk back because I I want to know after five years who's actually listening to this thing. Um, it might be six. I don't know. It was 20, early 2017. Um, So Richard the Big Bunny on YouTube uh, said after subscribing, I love that about the Paul Lynn show. Hurrah, I really enjoyed this one. Analysis was certainly spot on. Thank you so much, Richard. I do agree. Thank you so much, Richard. <laughs> I am touched in my in my heart. <laughs> that was really nice. Thank you so much. Yes. And, you know, please watch uh, because honestly, I spent two hours putting all this makeup on. Ethan, how do I look? It's rough. You look, I don't know. You look fantastic. Oh, yes. Thank you. There's a girl have to get a compliment around here. Um. <clears throat> But no, I mean, yeah, we'll be talking about makeup in a bit, too, because this week we're traveling to February 12th, 1981. Fort Apache the Bronx ruled the box office. Celebration by Cool and the Gang topped the charts and began its reign of terror on weddings everywhere. And ABC aired the Bosom Buddies episode, Sunny Boy. Ethan, you must have seen Sunny Boy before today. I might have. Oh, Really? <laughs> I might, I, I might have the the series aired from 1980 to 1982, and then went into reruns on NBC, totally different network. Oh yeah, and I remember watching Bosom Buddies in 19 in the 1980s, and I remember it because Peter Scolari looked like my next door neighbor. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that person looks like Chris. I'm going to watch this show. So I, I watched a couple episodes. Do I remember much of it? No, but I might have seen this particular episode. Well, I mean, I'm I'm wondering, did they start streaming it or streaming it? Oh, my God. 21st century mindset. Did they start showing it on NBC because someone's star had risen by 1984? Mr. Peter Scolari on Newhart? (laughs) What was Tom Hanks doing then? Mazes and Monsters or? uh, Which we've watched. Um, I've watched that. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that might be why they brought it back, because honestly, these are two powerhouses. Um, I only know of Bosom Buddies as a uh, a joke, as like a weird bit of trivia that like, you know, before Tom Hanks was the greatest actor in America for the past 40 years, he was on a show where he cross-dressed. And we can talk about Tom Hanks because I thought that his performance was amazing. He's one of those actors like Gene Hackman that you give him any material and he's going to make it real good. Absolutely. So if listeners, if you go back to one of the very first episodes that we ever did uh, with Ari Scott, I did Family Ties. I did an episode with Tom Hanks, who played Michael J. Fox's uncle. Um, It's the alcohol episode. And Tom Hanks manages to both be terrifying as a drunk uncle and also hilarious. So, you know, how does he do it? He's so good. So, yeah, that's all I ever knew. Bosom Buddies. Um, Now, I will say uh, fortuitous timing because uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under Season 2 
just did their girl group challenge. And the name of the song that the two uh, girl groups had to duel over was Bosom Buddies. Wait, the theme song to Bosom Buddies? No, no, it was just an original song they titled Bosom Buddies. Oh, so, you know, the t- the the phrasing is still in the <laughs> in the world in the. <laughs> so if we're going to dive in, the that's the perfect place to dive in, because the theme song is well remembered just as much as the show itself. And that's because the original theme song was Billy Joel, My Life. Oh, really? Oh, my God. But there's a story. So <laughs> Billy Joel, My Life, but they couldn't afford all of the, the, the performance rights. So they had somebody else playing the, playing the music and they had Gary Bennett, who is a studio musician from Atlanta, singing it. So it was Billy Joel's song, but not recorded by Billy Joel. And they did that <laughs> through the whole first season. And then the second season, they're like, uh, you know, we don't we don't even want to pay that much to Billy Joel. <laughs> so they took the end credits theme, which was Shake Me Loose by Stephanie Mills, and made that both the beginning opening theme song and the closing theme song. And then in syndication, it was only um, uh, Stephanie Mills. Stephanie Mills, not as big a name in some circles as Billy Joel. However, <laughs> he originated the role of Dorothy in The Wiz on Broadway. Oh. She's done multiple um, uh, revivals of that. She was a big disco star uh, in the 70s. She recorded with DMX later in her life. Uh, (laughs) Well, the X is going to give it to you. Yeah. In my life. Um, (laughs) Didn't just interesting trivia. Louis Farrakhan performed her wedding. Cool. at, but before that, she had a brief fling with Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. What a laugh. Honestly, it's her laugh. She's still alive. Oh, she's my still God. Alive. Yeah, she every now and then she she releases new stuff. So she's out there doing stuff. I'm on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Although I only allow one woman on this podcast because I don't want competition for beauty. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a stupid thing i said um this week on must have seen tv we'll be talking about the bosom buddies episode sunny boy it is the 11th episode of season one and it was written by lenny rips which is an amazing drag name i would say <laughs> and directed by chris thompson and don van atta here's how wikipedia describes the episode buffy and hildy are shown on tv after foil in a robbery and henry's mom recognizes hildy as her son Ooh, ethan how accurate is that description thousand percent accurate completely accurate it's exactly yeah. what happens great you, now yeah i'm gonna i'm hey this is brett tapping <laughs> Not my, you, I'm just, do you want it brett yeah hi. Do you wanna, wait no i mean i'm barb but i'm gonna talk like brett okay okay <laughs> oh, barb, can i give you some of the amazing backstory behind the concept of bosom buddies oh so i was reading the wikipedia and it seems like they thought that they were making an advertising or like a buddy comedy and that the cross dress, this is the vibe I got. Oh, I mean, and then and they have to cross dress to get into their apartment. And the network execs were like, yes, that's the thing. It wasn't even that obvious. It was, they, they, these are the producers of Laverne and Shirley. Well, and is this Miller Boyette? It is. It, they yeah. full house family matters. That's why the theme song is a banger. Yeah. And so it, th- this powerhouse dynasty wants to do a, a, a male version of Laverne and Shirley. 
and they want it to be really well written, have a really great vibe. And they they pitch it and they say, it's these two guys, these advertising guys living in New York City. They go on adventures. It's kind of like a Billy Wilder comedy, kind of like, you know, like some like it hot. Oh, and the no. Suits are, exactly. The suits are like, oh, I remember that. That's where they dressed up like women, right? That's got to be in the show. And afterwards, they're just like, shit, now it has to be a, a show about drag. That wasn't our pitch, which is kind <laughs> of why after the first season, the end of the first season, it's revealed that they are men in this women's apartment. Spoiler, that's the whole conceit of the show. <laughs> they they get a greater deal on an apartment, but it's a women's only apartment and they have to dress like women. That's at the end of the first season, they are outed. And everyone's like, oh, but it's fine. And the second season, they don't dress in drag. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the just the title of the theme. show kind of just <laughs> goes away. Um, The opening credits, though, are full blown unhinged. Uh, I'm going to be slipping back and forth between <laughs> my voices. Like uh, it's like <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. Also, you can hear my bangles bangling around. I'm wearing 100% stuff I bought in Tennessee last week almost. So, really? I don't know. Um, which might also be the accent. So the opening credits, the first thing I wrote was, are they homeless? <laughs> because it's like them like sunning in the street. Um, it's just like a ton of like sleeping outside, like in a bathroom. Like it's just wild. They were washing their hands in a fountain. Yeah. Which I guess is setting like, well, they need a place to live. That $200 a month apartment sounds pretty good, which honestly it really does. Even with inflation, that's like 600. How much is it? Oh. It's like. Uh, it's six hundred and fourteen dollars. I was like, I was gonna look that up because, like, I mean, <laughs> I would dress up like a woman to get that deal. <laughs> I do this by choice. Uh, <laughs> six hundred and fourteen dollars. That is like one eighth of an apartment in New York now. No, I pay. Uh, I think thirty three hundred a month. So, and I don't care about talking about it because the rent is too much. And I'll be transparent. This costs a lot of money and it's really we, frustrating. We need to talk about how rent is high and how wages are down. Mm -hmm. We should not be afraid to talk about that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, mental health and wage theft or whatever. Let's talk about all yes. the serious shit. Um, the stuff that Miller Boyette won't get into. <laughs> no, this was this was definitely a fun, lighthearted comedy I, I was actually so like overall note, I was surprised that I laughed as much as like the, the jokes were as good as well, the performances were as good as they were. I don't know if the jokes were, but also apparently there was a lot of improvisation on set. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled with that. I You can't tell what is and what's not. But at the same mm -hmm. time, it all blends together. And seriously, Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari are just really good at what they do. Really good and really good chemistry. You can understand why they're the bosomest of buddies. <laughs> but um, this episode starts with some New York street toughs coming in. They're looking for a room. And then the old lady has to be like, oh, it's a hotel for women. Get out of here. And they don't. They want that bag. They want to steal stuff. They're there they to cause trouble. Uh, they are played by Randy Stumpf and Michael Cassidy. I lo only looked at this from IMDb. Randy Stumpf is an actor. He has all the lines. Michael Cassidy has one line, but he's a stunt performer. So when he gets thrown through the tables and pushed around and beat up, he can do all the stunts for him. That's what he was there for. That's his job. And he did it yep. well. So like, so while they're, you know, causing a ruckus, that's when Buffy and Hildy walk in, uh, AKA two horrible drag queens. <laughs> Just not, but you can talk <laughs> about that um, at some point. 
and Tom Hanks says like, oh, get out of here. This isn't nice. Like <laughs> he's still trying. He's like trying to be assertive while also still being a lady. He's very polite about it. Um, yeah, he was it, it just nicely, politely asking. But of course, these are street toughs. These street oh, yeah. toughs are not going to just walk away. No. And that's when like Peter Scolari ain't fucking around. Hilde ain't fucking around. She's like. Starts actually like making moves, and Tom Hanks had to be has to be like too much, uh, it's too much. Like, calm down, you're a woman. Um, they steal who's back? They steal uh Hildy's bag and like pull they out still, boxer shorts. They still out. They steal Hildy's bag. Hildy played by Tom Hanks, also Kip. Or no, Hildy is uh Peter Scolari, oh, and Buffy is Tom Hanks, right? They steal Buffy's ah Buffy's bag and tear Tom oh. Hanks's shirt. Yes, her blouse line. Do you know how hard it is to find this color in this size? He's True. concerned about his look. I would, I mean, honestly, like I'm an Amazon queen because I can just filter out. I need, you know, an XL or uh, listeners. I'm a 42, 32, 42. So uh, hit me up with your used uh, items. I don't know. That's an Amazon um, wish list. Yeah, I do have an Amazon wish. Barb does have one. Barbhartley.com. Uh, <laughs> right, do you share uh, it? Do you share the wish list? It is private. It's public on that site. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, they they pull the boxer shorts out of one of the bags because you know they're really men. And Peter Scolari is like, "What can I say? I got lucky." <laughs> it's a great line. It's just a great yeah. line. How how do you explain the boxer shorts in your bag? I got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> then I keep it's them good. as trophies. Great delivery. I like how the the predator keeps skulls. <laughs> she keeps boxer shorts. Really I watched all the big, predator white boxer shorts. Yeah. Uh, they felt kind of stiff too. It wasn't good. Um, there was also there's also some insults thrown around. Oh yeah. Um yeah. pig face, thunder thighs, mm-hmm. and the one that I I actually have never heard before, bubble buns. Oh, bubble buns, not bubble butt. It was not bubble butt, it was bubble buns. Now this is where I mean, so Ethan, literally ask me anything you want to know about drag as we go through this journey as I am now a student of the art form, but I will say, first of all. I don't see any bubble buns because these two queens are wearing no body. Yeah, let's talk about it, what they were wearing. Let, let and me just why, like, and why you think it's a little uh, deficient. Let, look at this. I mean, let me just. This is where the visual component comes in. Look at look at the hourglass. Look at yeah. this. <laughs> like this is a uh, this is so in order to make. Uh, my five foot six, 175 pound uh, hairy man body uh, look feminine, oh so feminine. You got to wear a lot of stuff and they aren't wearing anything. So there's a thing called proportionizing, which I think was just made up in season 10 of Drag Race uh, by Eureka. Um, but basically, like, so I have to have huge boobs and huge hips and a huge butt in order to proportionally make like my body look dainty or whatever um and then i also have to wear a corset ethan i'm sitting here in a corset <laughs> they did not wear a corset as evidenced in later scenes where peter scolari took off all of his clothes and was not wearing a corset no. and so like they are just just they are literally just like dudes in dresses and i don't know i mean i think if you did this today it would be hard because now we actually know a lot about drag <laughs> uh that i don't think that you, you could definitely not get away with this um yeah but they're just like not wearing body they're also not really wearing makeup nope they talk it's, about it yeah they, they talk a good game yeah 
but they don't actually put it in practice. They talk about buying things. They talk about borrowing things, but they're not actually wearing the things. So when it comes to makeup, there's a lot of things that uh, Drag Queen does to try to feminize the face. Um, I have no idea how successful I am. Um, but you do contour. So you get like, you know, the darker color and then the you contrast it with a lighter color to try and give yourself cheekbones, to try to like thin the jawline, to try to thin the nose. Um, you do all those tricks. Uh, they are doing none of those tricks <laughs> whatsoever. Um, and then I am also wearing uh, lipstick. Uh, I've glued my eyebrows down and I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do that. Um Glue your eyebrows down so that you can then draw new eyebrows over them that are a little bit higher that opens up your eyes more. Uh, and uh, fake eyelashes. Are they wearing any of this? No. No. This is the stuff that I do for you, listeners and viewers, <laughs> that Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari and the costume and makeup department at Bosom Buddies did not do. Maybe this is more of a functional kind of thing where they they discovered the 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 lowest bar they could set <laughs> and they just have to hit that low bar. Yeah. Well, I also say like the um the premise of the show also, which they get into, is like they basically have to be dressed as women when they enter and exit their apartment building. So that means they're doing a lot of changing and getting into drag and out of drag on the subway, which sounds like a nightmare. So I do, I give them a little bit of props for a little bit of grace for not um wanting to lace up a corset and put on a whole bunch of hip and butt pads on when they the don't subway. Have to. They, they don't, don't have, have to. to. They they just need to pass for a second. For a second, going in and out of a lobby or talking to each other in the hall. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I am critiquing their drag when I have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> That's your choice. Yes. Uh, if they tried to, you know, I think we've 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 moved far enough in drag history that if they were to remake this show now, the drag would be fifty times better, but also less possible because it would take hours to get on and off yeah which would not be a a lot you know allowed for in the 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 makeup of a show yeah no it would not this having to dress in drag in order to get in like the drag would be better it's not an efficient uh rental scheme i don't think um (laughs) for two hundred dollars a month um yeah i mean maybe it'd be worth it uh so what what i love about this fight scene at the beginning is that first of all there's a fight scene in the sitcom and you know what happens in sitcom fight scenes the audience applauds when the bad guy is defeated and that is always weird to me could you get the feeling of this one that it was a canned laughter or a studio audience because my thinking was canned laughter well it could be sweet it could be sweetened as if like, you know, there, there was a live audience. Cause I do know, like, I mean, like it was shot on videotape on like, it has, there is no reason for it to be single cam. Cause it's not like there was like witches or anything. <laughs> um, but I don't know, maybe actually, maybe what little makeup they did do was precluded them actually having a live audience just cause it takes so long to put on a light beat. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, there is also a great breakaway table that is, mm-hmm. is exists only for a stuntman to fall through. Yeah, you, you can tell. You can just tell that someone's going to be falling through that table. I like so like uh, Peter Scolari cuffs one of them with uh, his nylons. Um, and then after like defeating, I wrote they annihilate this guy. <laughs> like They just pound on him. And then Hank says, did I do that? Which Urkel, like Urkel predecessor. Right. <laughs> it's a Same Tom Hanks catchphrase. Uh, you know, they knew it was coming. Um, 
Oh, wow. Yeah, it was the uh, Susan B. Anthony Hotel, I also noted. Yes. A noted woman. And yes. a very, very much a woman. <laughs> uh, you know who uh, it could have also been named after? Telma Hopkins, who is a supporting actor on this show. And we love Telma Hopkins, or at least I do. Telma Hopkins, uh, who played the aunt in Family Matters. Aunt Rachel. Rachel. She was also in 68 episodes of Give Me a Break. Mm-hmm. Oh, then. yeah, that, yeah. And uh, and more recently, she was on like one of those, I think one of those Tyler Perry, like TBS yeah. sitcoms that, that like recorded 200 episodes in a year or something crazy. <laughs> that's how they yeah, operate. It's, it's been a lot. I, I forget exactly the name, but I was I was more taken by the fact that she was in Family Matters, that she 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 had a good enough relationship with the producers that she was able to parlay that into a second. Uh, yeah. Experience. And I honestly think that she had like second billing because I think she was always the and Telma Hopkins as Rachel for the seasons she was on. So now as the the two big breakout stars for this, though, were Wendy Jo Sperber, who played Amy. Mm -hmm. Um, Amy is the the only person who knew that they that that Kip and Henry were were in drag. Oh, I didn't know that from this episode. Uh, it's a previous previously established Wendy just Berber you'd know her if you saw her she's she's done a, a, a ton of work she unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago um she played Marty McFly's sister in back to the back oh. to the future movies it was dinky Hawker and in, in the dinky Hawker uh TV show she's all around you know her and the other big breakout star was Donna Dixon former uh miss usa contestant former miss world contestant uh this was a big break for her uh she also played the dream woman in wayne's world where oh. garth fell in love with. but uh i was also surprised to know that she has she has been married to dan Aykroyd for like 30 something years so like not too long after this yeah, they were in Dr. Detroit together, which was a movie. Oh, God, and, yeah. Uh, just this year, they announced that they were staying married, but they were separating. I mean, let's be honest. Okay, so first of all, Dan Aykroyd in the 70s and 80s, total snack. You're really like, good good job, Donna. You're also putting up a, with a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're with Dan Aykroyd. There's a lot, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> John Goodman hanging around the house all the time. <laughs> Just how these crystal skulls, and you're like, is this one of the real ones or is this one of your vodkas? Like you just mix them up all the time. <laughs> um, so, so like then the news uh, shows up to like report on the fact that these two ladies beat the crap out of these New York street toughs. Um, and uh, so like the old lady, oh, have, my notes are all weird. Oh, at one point, like they say, this will help. And they're carrying a, a carrying the large bottle of wine. This is the Donna Dixon thing that I thought was really funny, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like they send the old lady off and she like picks up a bottle of wine. She's like, this will help or something. Yeah, there was there was really nothing for Thelma Hopkins or Donna Dixon or Wendy Jo Sperber to really do this episode. I think Wendy, Wendy Jo did more than anybody else. And there yes, she got shoved because she wanted to be on the news and they were like, absolutely not. Your 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 mileage. I say this a lot about your mileage varies per per episode. How much of the supporting cast you're going to get? So this was a very Tom Hanks, Peter Scolari episode. We Less... didn't even see uh, Holland Taylor. We who did was not. in the opening credits. Who is a legend? Who is? Oh God, who is she with now? She's with Portia de Rossi. No, she's with um. Oh, uh, Sarah Paulson. 
<laughs> they're together. We didn't, we didn't see Edie Adams. Mm-mm. Uh, TV royalty going back to uh, all the um, Ernie Kovac stuff, all the movies that she did. So it really was kip and henry a two-hander now while they're on the news they give their um their names and also their ages tom hanks is buffy wilson 19 and hildegard desmond is peter scolari 28 <laughs> like yeah. what i don't think those ages are accurate and either well i think i believe 28 more than 19 i can't believe that anyone would have a job at an advertising agency at 19 no that is right after well you know the 80s were weird i saw big there was a mm-hmm. kid in an advertising agency played Tom by Hanks. Tom Hanks. <laughs> he just keeps doing this. <laughs> well, and it's also the fact that they choose to dress like they are 60-year-old women. I mean, they aren't even dressed like young 80s girls. Like, they could be hiding their man bodies by, like, wearing, like, an oversized chunky sweater or, like, you know, something. But, like, no, they are, I mean, they're dressed like me right now. Kind that of. Feels, that or feels like a... Yeah, there are. Well, I think that's that might be a concession to we didn't want this to be a drag sitcom. So but it has to be a drag sitcom. So we're going to not put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, it's just a lot of it's a lot of like Dorothy's born act, just like big tube of fabric kind of, you know. Yeah. uh, Or I mean, Peter Scolari is basically wearing what I'm wearing. Like my bracelets are going everywhere. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Well, uh, I. uh, a blouse and a skirt like it's you know very simple um so but while they're on tv uh henry hildegard hildy is the only one that realizes oh my god we're on television (laughs) we can't do this where are alter egos on television this is the equivalent of you know 80s and 90s batman showing up on tv doesn't Mm -hmm. happen he's got to stay in the shadows you got to keep this you got to keep the secret so and so, like, oh, I also noted that Peter Scolari in drag looks kind of like Betty White. Yeah. Kind of kind of same vibe. <laughs> also, my next door neighbor in the 80s. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wait, Betty White or it just looked like. No, no just the way oh, that Peter no. Scolari looks. <laughs> um, yeah. And so Peter Scolari is the only one that realizes, like, this is bad. People can see us. We're obviously not wearing that much makeup. So yeah. <laughs> people can tell. They're being this, they're being interviewed by Jesus Salazar. Yeah, they make who, a big deal. Is that a real person? No, he's not. Okay, a real they make person. a big deal. Look, Jesus. I mean, maybe he's a full character too. Like he's not just. They could have just got a generic news person, but he comes on. And he's got character, game, attitude. Everybody in this has something going on. Whether it's the overacting uh, punk. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's robbing like he's got he's got more lines than literally Telma Hopkins and Don Dixon put together. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode. And yeah, probably one to Joseph Robert. Like he has so much going on. There's a character later on that's a doctor that's like this whole. Oh, God. Fleshed out character. Everybody's got a character. So uh, Jesus Salazar, uh, played by Jeff Seymour, uh, is this extremely well-respected, well-watched, handsome suave jet setting reporter to the point where he even he says you know i report from the streets because i am the streets that's what i told jackie o at capote's party yesterday like oh god yeah i forgot to write that line down like geez louise i mean everybody eats it up everybody's like oh he's so good he's so amazing (laughs) he's even kip and henry are just saying like look who's here it's jesus salazar he's a known quantity 
Well, they totally forget about their cover because Jesus Salazar is there. Jesus Salazar. Does he give him the canned ham? <laughs> no, no, that's they. So they have they they try to get off the camera. They try to wrestle the camera to the ground. Uh, but oh, yeah. and that's when that's when it closes. Um, by the way, we should be if we're watching these on streaming, we should be comparing what ads we're getting because you got oh. uh, the. I forget who was playing. I got the, the word Jane Seymour and a CG dog trying to sell me an a- Apple game. I, I got Disney World branded Baby Bell cheese. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, oh I got I got some intense ads. I got one that was just a woman being like, uh, just listing off a whole bunch of like very serious problems. <laughs> yeah. I was also skipping ad. I wasn't watching this. Stuff. Yeah. Do you know who that was from? I did. I had it on mute. It was from PragerU. Oh, wait, that sounds bad. Yeah, that's the uh, the ultra right wing. Uh, yeah. Boo! No, thank you. Boo! We don't tolerate Ocean. that here at Bosom Buddies. <laughs> yeah, the irony of that ad running on Bosom Buddies. Yeah. Honestly. Well, this is when. So, oh, it's like the next day, right? When Scalari. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then Scalari's mom shows up. Yes, there's mom weaves her way into the crowd as they are singing. They are jolly good ladies. Nobody can deny. And Amy jumps and in got- and says, I can. Because she was trying to get with Jesus Salazar. Yeah. But no one wanted to talk to Amy. They give them a canned ham, which is just a wild, like, trophy to give people. Like, no, a thank you. Gift. Yeah. Uh, but then Scolari's mom shows up and it is, here's where the uh, madness begins. <laughs> This is the this is the conflict. We've had the rising action. Now it's the conflict. So, okay. Well, so the overall my overall note for the entire plot is she is mad about the wrong thing. She is so mad that her son is now like dressing as a woman, um, not because he wants to or likes it. Um, she's not she's not mad at him for swindling an apartment and especially taking <laughs> affordable housing away from women. I I didn't see it that way. I I but yeah. Like she should have been mad about like, oh my like, no, you're lying to this place that is specifically for like, what if there are single mothers out there who need like she could have had that game, but they had to instead play the, of course, it's 1981. So they had to play the, I mean, she's even like thinks that he's gay for a second. Like it even gets into yeah. that territory, which is like, yeah, this is the 80s. <laughs> Both some buddies could have taken the high road and they did not take the high road. They take the predictable road. Oh, is her name Kay? Or is it because like ha- Hanks is like such a, a a a dip or whatever. He's such a like a weirdo that whenever he says says like he starts going off on a tangent, uh, Scolari's mom will be like Kip, and he'll go K. It, her name is Marjorie. I love the fact that he would just agree with every because yeah they have a history. She doesn't like him. She's never liked him. I didn't and like that the, line. I didn't mind you as a boy. I didn't like you as a man. I like you even less as a woman. That's a good line. And then, then just every time she shuts him down, he just goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is recurring again, and it's great. He's good. So now, I mean, hey, we can talk about moms reacting to their sons in drag <laughs> because this is uh, one of the many personal aspects that I bring to this episode. 
Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to hear your your perspective on this <laughs> as someone who is changing their avatar and and profile pictures to Barb. Yeah. Well, now so there's like, a lot of Barb content. Yeah. Well, we, if you go back and listen to the first episode back in our new era, um, the Life of Rally episode, I go into my big spiel about why I am now Barb Hardly, drag queen, uh, sitcom character, drag queen, and. So I don't know if I actually talked about like, so like when I got home from Palm Springs, like my drag arrived, like I ordered it on the plane and it arrived when I landed, like I was committed and now look at me, I'm very deep in debt. Um, but so like that Monday or whatever, when I called my mom to tell her about, you know, my trip in Palm Springs, I like flat out was like, oh, I'm I'm doing drag now. Like I wasn't going to do the thing. I did not tell her that I'm a homosexual um, for six years. 2005 to 2011 i had to keep that secret that wasn't fun and i was also like i am now a 38 year old man um it doesn't matter what anyone thinks especially what my conservative uh southern parents think really doesn't matter so i was like i'm a doing drag now um because it uh feels right and it is a form of expression and i went into the whole like this is an art form. Uh, it is an art form that has been practiced by Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Milton Berle, uh, you know, Tom Hanks, it, Tom Hanks Peter Scolari. Um, Peter Scolari. Well, and I, I even made the point that, like, you know, Dean Martin and like Frank Sinatra and like all, and, like, if you hosted a variety show in the 60s and 70s, you're essentially doing what a drag queen does, but you're not wearing a dress because like drag queens host, they sing, they dance, they tell jokes, they perform in like hastily written skits. So like, <laughs> you know, when when we watch the Paula and Halloween special every year, I'm like, that's the career I want. <laughs> I want to do what Paula is doing because it just seems so fun. Um, that's what drag queens do. And that's now what I get to do. So that um so then my mom was like well i'm really glad that you told me thank you so much i would have hated it i mean i would have not liked to have just seen it because <laughs> i asked yeah. like what do you want to see a picture and she was like no so well well you know he let's, has let's definitely seen one then let's turn this around and and i can say that both my parents and megan's parents have watched the youtube episodes and they are absolutely in love with barb <laughs> Um, my mom thinks that, that, that it's, it's, it's wonderful and that you're hilarious. She also noticed that in the first episode, your mustache was coming through a little bit more as the episode went on. Yep. She didn't mention that to me, but you've got two families, one from, you know, the East Pennsylvania and the Midwest, Illinois, that are just like. Brett's Barb. Yeah. This is great. We love Brett's <laughs> Barb. Is a, this is a character that I am doing and putting a lot of uh, thought into. Um, but yeah, and I'm so that is the next uh, chapter of drag explaining that there's more to come. So buckle up, uh, dear listeners and viewers. Because um, so yeah, this is where I wrote down that I was like, she should be mad about the scam. Why isn't she mad about the scam? Well, I mean, like, I understand that she's mad about this because homophobia in the 80s, but like, Jesus Christ, they're scamming. Yeah. Did you also notice that the actress broke character? Oh, I didn't see that. She she was she was yelling at Tom Hanks and she turned around to talk to talk to her son who's in who's in who's in drag and she just bursts out laughing and oh. they cut away from her real fast. Oh, then maybe it was shot like live to uh tape. I don't know. Or maybe they, weird... 
well, they, they also want to shoot it again. Yeah, who cares? No. Like they're not going to. Um, so she does ask, um, what do you say when you buy a bra? And Henry says, uh, I say it's for my mother, um, which, you know, I did just have a whole week of shopping for women's clothing in Tennessee at Christian owned thrift stores. And it felt great. <laughs> <laughs> like this blouse uh, comes from, I don't know. Maybe some church lady somewhere. Maybe some cool hip 80s lady. Who knows? It it's now being worn. Now it's being worn by a man. So a gay man. Really great. Um, Got to say, you've got this Lucy Van Pelt thing going right now with the oh, blue shirt and, right. the, and the, the, the the dark hair. The I, dark forgot, I didn't even realize that that is very uh, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does, did make me realize like, oh, man, Amazon is such a gift to drag queens. Oh, boy. Amazon's uh, dangerous in many, many ways to many different people and many different populations. Yeah, yeah, this is the most dangerous way, obviously. My my pocketbook. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like, and then she's like worried that he's gay and she's like, he's like, you know, I went, I didn't, I did go all the way with that girl on prom. Well, I, oh, boo, boo, boo. Like, but that was, okay, let me, you're, you're shortchanging the, one of the best jokes in, in the show ah. where she says, I was there for your first date with Cindy so-and-so. And she says, I, in fact, I drove you to the prom. I, I should have let you go all the way. And he goes, I did go all the way with Cindy, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. And I was like, dude, <laughs> wordplay. It's good. I liked it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there was, but, a, there uh, was a great, there was a great heartfelt line. And it was, it, it may not make sense to me all the time, but I'm happy where Peter Scolari was talking about his situation, the situation he's like, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me all of the time, but I'm happy. And I'm like, that's nice. You can re- people can relate to that. It is and weird. I, that that means that he's happy scamming, scamming <laughs> women. Peter Scolari. <laughs> How dare you be in honey? I shrunk the kids, the TV show. Oh, it's yeah, such know. a funny little, it's like no one really investigated the premise of the show. I don't know. Maybe other episodes do. No, because then they find out they're men and they don't make them move. <laughs> <laughs> it feels it's it's one of those shows, too, where it's like half the time they are in drag and half the time they are not. And then this whole second half of the season. So really only one fourth of the entire show they're in drag. Yeah. And that's that was the conceit of the show. Not the original conceit, because but they just they went back to that Billy Wilder fun advertising dudes um, bit. It, the more you look into it, and the more you kind of see it in practice, the more you you see the writers just being like, "Yeah, I guess we have to be have him in drag. Let's let's contrive something about yeah. it." Yeah, we don't. No one wants to be here. Well, and so now we're in the part of so like the mom's like, "Well, I can't be a part of this," and so she's like storms out uh now act two starts with them at the advertising agency they're at work and i wrote that oh my god this is what i look like out of drag <laughs> it's <laughs> what they're wearing at work because it's just like you know like a knit tie and a and a corduroy or tweed blazer and like jeans or whatever like this show covers all my bases i i love the the set being in multiple advertising agencies to find that that uh henry's desk literally faces the elevator yeah <laughs> like there's there's no reception there's there's no it's just no you walk Come in, and you on talk in. To henry. we don't put any barriers between the client and our our agents 
our talent. Um, so yeah, uh, Kip is is very understanding. Henry Peter Scolari is is he ha- he has a, a a lunch scheduled with his mom, and he knows that this is going to come up. And Kip and Kip says, "If you want to move, I'll move. If you want to stay, we'll wear dresses. If we want to put weasels up your nose and get French tattoos, okay by me." And what's a that- French tattoo? French tattoo. Escargot on your yeah, like right here. on your like elbow, which is again, I was like, that is a wild non sequitur. That's really funny. Um, probably improvised. It worked out. It worked out really well. Yeah, and very good. The, the two of them have chemistry that literally no one on the Paul Lynn show had with anybody else on the. Oh Paul God, Lynn no! Show. So maybe Paul Lynn and his anger. I don't know. They didn't get along either. <laughs> Wait, I wrote down mowed the lawn from August 4th to September 8th, which I also thought was a funny joke, but I can't remember. It was an example they used of like when my mom. Oh, was it like Peter Slaughter talking about his mom? Like the last time she got this angry, she mowed the lawn. Or something? It was it, it was Kip. Mm. Uh, it was Tom Hanks. I forget exactly what it was, but there was something that that. Oh, it was he his mom thought he was going to be a doctor he decided to go into advertising art, art yeah, art, yeah. and she got it in her head to mow the lawn from August, whatever, to August fourth to September eighth, which I thought was like a funny, just a visualizing mowing the lawn for a month and four <laughs> days, just made me laugh. Uh, so then Peter Scolari goes to lunch, and she brought Liam Pans- Panchik there, uh, which again giving these minor characters full names that make it f- seem like do we, should we know who this is? Is this a guest star? Is this important? She's like, this is an old friend. And okay, I was terrified for a second because I was like, oh my God, did she bring like her old cross-dresser friend who's going to scare him straight or like a, like a gay who's going to be like, I was like, where are we going with this? And then he just ended up being a psychiatrist. And I was like, I went the exact opposite with that. I went that to. She had met this guy. She moved. She'd come to the city from Ohio. She met this guy and was having the secret affair. So that was her kind of secret. Oh, yeah. He ended up being a, a, a psychiatrist. But that's where my head was like, oh, she met this guy. Now she has this thing that that he has to come to terms with and i don't know would that make it better or worse i don't know well so (laughs) he so for a psychiatrist he's horrible he is played like a used car salesman he's always chewing gum he's wearing a bright or like a really loud plaid uh shirt he's loud he's loud he is he is everything he says is big i even wrote it in my notes everything leon does is big it's such it is again so much of a choice and I, I, no one is there to tell him to tone it down <laughs> uh no. this is this was also so this is another thing that as a drag queen i've had to do is tell my therapist that i'm now wearing women's clothing which i when i told him i was like you know 30 40 years ago this would be seen as a bigger problem for you to handle <laughs> <laughs> and and now he was like oh my god this sounds so amazing this is perfect this literally checks off all the like things that we've been working on about like you know uh, like me not having a performing outlet and me not um like have needing like to be creative the the therapy of just like d- 
doing makeup, which is artistic and 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 also like getting more in touch with my homosexual uh, side and potentially maybe finding a, a community of of queer people that I can be part of. Um, you, you even said it right there that this is this is a different performing outlet for you. This was for years you did improv mm-hmm. and then improv just kind of ran its course and you're you were looking for something else all the theaters shut down because of bad money management which is what happens when you let improv comedians handle your books this is dave grohl going from playing drums to playing guitar yeah you are now a different (laughs) kind of performer and i can't wait to do it on stage sometime one day but instead i'm just doing it online and right here (laughs) uh so yeah i was like well i've done this too this episode is just um so then they start asking the psychiatrist's whole gig is asking questions and then answering with questions and just like it's just questions nonstop. And then Peter Scolari is smart enough to ask his own questions. Mm-hmm. So nothing's getting answered. But Peter Scolari is matching Leon's his energy and his approach in a way that is actually really entertaining. It's really yeah. clever. And also, again, like Peter Scolari is so good. This is also a very different character than whether he plays on Newhart, where he's more like an uptight, yuppie, kind of nebbishy, which he does also very well. Like in this, he's kind of like the rogue. He's kind of like a scoundrel in this episode. Like he's like cool, kind of. He he and, and Tom Hanks really do match each other's energy and characters really well. Tom Hanks has a little bit more of a developed character in this one in that he's... He's reacting to to Kip to um, Henry's mom mm-hmm. a little bit more, so yeah. he's kind of falling back into that um, who I was when you knew me back when we were both in high school, and there was there's that deference there, and that also kind of little bit of um, attitude, and I think that that but the two of them were, together work so well. Peter Scolari, tons of range, great. Like you you remember him from. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. And also, he was the police, police commissioner on Gotham. Oh, right. <laughs> he, just, he can do it. Tom Hanks the same way. Comedy, uh, animated, drama. He can do it all. I do like the, one of the questions that the therapist, the psychiatrist asks is like, are you wearing women's underwear now? And the answer is... uh so, uh, sometimes you rush you know changing in the subway <laughs> it's like which is and then later on he just says out of nowhere kind of like oh boxers so. which i didn't think needed to be said i thought that was that was him kind of retreating a little bit yeah by saying like oh no 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 don't worry i'm normal well that's also like, the that's... whole vibe of the because hey you know what it's year 2022 uh you know everyone can wear whatever the fuck they want i you know yeah. Uh, I am wearing women's underwear right now. Um, this was and, 42 years ago. Oh God, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, the this the scenario gets the scenario gets resolved when she's like, I don't think you're a sicko, which is the weirdest. And it's said over like this is the second incident in, incidence of um the 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 trademark Miller Boyette sappy sentimental. Um, conflict resolution music when like it slows <laughs> down they have the moment there are no jokes to be seen not even jokes to undercut the sincerity it is just full speed ahead like i don't think you're a sicko 
you do what makes you happy. I trust you. That's that's the line that she said. And what makes him happy is scamming women. <laughs> like it's so just take it a step further, and it's so wild. It's so wild. Well, Tom Hanks's big problem is that the newspaper calls him Muffy instead of Buffy. Yeah, there's there's a little everything that kind of happens after the diner scene with the mom is just kind of like. Okay. Okay. There's, there's a, they tacked on a scene at the end. The tag. No sense. The tag is basically like, oh my God, we have a whole bunch of people in the cast. The SAG is going to get on to us if they don't have X number of lines, because it's like all the girls from the show come home from to the hotel. They just saw a scary movie. Um, And so like, that's it. Like she, oh, I did notice that. um, Oh God, Amy. That's yeah. the she's wearing just, a Freddy Krueger sweater before Freddy Krueger even was a thing. They were describing a movie that they saw where first a little girl had her feet chopped off, but she still mm-hmm. had to walk up some stairs. And then they cut the girl in half and she still walked up the stairs. And then something else happened to the kid. And, but, and there was blood everywhere and they were scared. And they say, maybe tonight's the night we have the all night. Monopoly, Monopoly th- like oh my, what? That's a nightmare. That's terrifying. That's one game. <laughs> yeah, that's literally one game, eight hours. And so, like, they go in there. Tell the Hopkins is like, I don't need it, but you know what? She actually does, and she runs in there to join them. And it's like, what are we doing here? That's the end of the episode. <laughs> it, it, nothing before precluded any of this. No one had talked about we should play Monopoly. Let we're going to go see a movie. No, what are there you is no tonight. It's out of nowhere there's no b plot or anything in this episode which is kind of par for the course back then uh yeah it is it is wild uh (laughs) it felt very short it was and hell everybody like tom hanks peter scolari telma hopkins donna dixon wendy joe sperber excellent performances all around everybody hit hit what they were supposed to do the guest players played it up really big there. but you know is the question is it funny or is it the performances making it funny and i think that it was well written probably well improvised and really well delivered yeah yeah it was really i'm changing the light because i know something i'm getting a little bit orange hey uh whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter um yeah i think it was really uh funny and really like the the like uh the energy and the chemistry was all there and I, you know, that's really all that matters, honestly. Yeah. Um, are you ready for just a ton of must-have facts? Because your girl oh, yeah. dug into newspapers.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, so uh, Nielsen ratings for this week, it was number 25. The show did not ra- do very well in the ratings. And part of that was in the first season. Like the, it was, I think the first episode was well-reviewed. Then they changed nights. Then they changed time slots. And that just automatically kneecaps a show always the kiss of death so the top uh six shows of the week um number six was mash number five was little house on the prairie four was east of eden three was dukes of hazard two was another installment in the miniseries east of eden and number one was dallas you can't we're weird those are heavy hitters well, yeah, Those and also all heavy hitters. The eighties, what like this? The late seventies and early eighties was a weird time where like sitcoms were kind of like not the tea, and everything was all about like dramas and primetime soaps. Um, heart to hearts ten this week. It was like number <laughs> ten of the week, so you know there's some good taste back too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it is weird to think of Buzz and Buddies airing along, alongside. I don't know Dukes of Hazard number three of the week. Dukes of Hazard was really popular. I wonder. I wonder if there was a stigma attached to watching Bosom Buddies. To be like, you know, you're watching that 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 guys is girls show. You know that what what does that say about you? But I also have to wonder, like, okay, so like that is the what is truly wild is that the recent. I mean, it's always been there, but like the more recent uh, surge and the cycle of right wing conservatives uh, being anti drag is ignores just like the long history. It truly does come down to they don't like gay people because they're totally fine oh, yeah. when straight men dress in drag. I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire, Tootsie, some like it hot. I mean, it Bonnie goes. Python? Yes. Kids in the hall, although I don't think right wing i don't know some gen x right wingers might have watched kids in the hall um but it is like you yeah, know we're fine with that it's just you know they don't like gay people they don't like what well yeah and i'll get into this and i'm trying to like there's so many i'll tie this into the thing that's coming up um but yeah no it is weird because i don't know what the stigma would have been in the 80s like flip wilson just went off air in the 80s yeah. And he was big on he was drag every week. So it is that was that was acceptable because that was not threatening. Yeah, you you could have you could have, let's say you could watch 20 episodes of the flip of the Flip Wilson show and all of that happening. And then just imagine uh, a a gay newscaster would would probably just reading the news would would get complaints. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's also the thing is like they aren't making I think that if they were actually putting Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari in drag drag and actually making them look like, oh, women like sexy women. Yeah, um, I think that would actually upset a lot of people, because I think that what is funny is that they're just, oh, they look like men in dresses and being a woman is funny, like, you know, etc. That's the Monty Python way of, yeah. you know, they were, it's yeah, it's just John Cleese in a dress. And they're not being, uh, they're not trying to be sexy like I am. Oh, yeah. Love this office secretary chic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this week in the newspapers, uh, Telma Hopkins got herself a little profile in the Quad City Times uh, this week, where they talked about her history with Tony Orlando and Dawn in the 70s, where she was 
one half of Don, the backup singers of Tony Orlando. Um, So now this is so this is the the interesting one. There are two interesting. Both Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari had like profiles in newspapers this week that it aired. Um, So Dick Kleiner also wrote an article called Drag Dressing May Become a Drag. And it's literally about what we're talking about, how like they don't want, they're like, we got to nix this part of the show. Hanks in the interview says that he thinks the show will become more about the office, which quote, that's the way I'd like it because getting dressed up in women's clothing is not much fun. It's very difficult to walk in a tight skirt and it's almost impossible to move while wearing a pair of high heeled shoes. Um, Which honey, uh, let me just show you how uh, easy it is to walk in high-heeled shoes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this tight skirt. Ooh, woohoo. Boo hey, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I think this this speaks to what I was about to say is like, uh, it is fun wearing women's clothing. This is so much fun. I am having fun, but I think that I'm also having fun because I am a homosexual man who has always naturally had more feminine uh, inclinations that were told very clearly uh, made uh, clear that I should not have and should not (laughs) indulge in. So it it isn't until I started doing drag that I realized like, Oh, the fun of doing drag is that if I'm dressed as a woman, I don't have to like act masculine. (laughs) No, like I can be dainty and, you know, sassy or whatever as I want to be. Um, Whereas Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari made no effort to act feminine other than raising their tone, the the pitch of their voice. Well, yeah. And also and also just being straight cisgender men. I don't know if they had any type of inclinations or urges to do that. Like, you know, this was not a thing they thought of or anyone that they could look to for that yeah that's also yeah <laughs> I, I, I keep thinking that this show was like hastily put together and that's it, probably true because you know these things do get hastily put together yeah. where it, it's not where you, you where you have like you can't do the full face you can't do the full padding you can't no no, no. we're just we're just get on get on set just just get in front Throw of the this on wear some kitten heels as also uh listeners i just want to point out that when barb puts on heels she puts on heels okay oh um because i figured if i'm going to learn how to walk in heels i should learn how to walk in heels uh in the there heels on while you're recording this yeah because you're sitting down right now yeah yeah I mean, I'm wearing the corset. I'm doing everything because I also take photos. And, you know, I'm going to get into drag, get into the whole gig. RuPaul wears sweatpants when she's judging and sitting down behind a desk. Honey, uh-uh. You're, I'm, oh my God, there's my leg. <laughs> I also can't bend. Anyway, Um. so then also this week, oh, they also pointed out that apparently Tom Hanks is related to Abraham Lincoln's mother, Nancy Hanks. I had heard that before. That's like a throwaway fact in here. And they also mentioned that he's uh, not worked in front of cameras like much. He did like a student horror movie, like a really low budget horror movie before this. And that's about it. And now he's the biggest of big stars, producer, <laughs> director. I mean, I think that he he's probably the most famous, most successful actor living. No big scandals. Yeah, sweet dude. Except for, you know, uh, telling connor ratliff that he has dead eyes connor ratliff friend of the show go back and listen to connor's episode the days and nights of molly dodd um so now also this week stacy smith of the chicago tribune profiled scolari 
Uh, mostly about his theater career. He was a very serious theater actor. So it was he felt it was very weird that he's now in Bosom Buddies. And his quote was, it's frustrating, but I took the time during our last hiatus to realize that some feelings of frustration are just not worthwhile. Um, and then he also p- talks about how he realized that the writers of the show were not out to get him. Um, there have been one or two weeks where nobody knew what the hell they were doing. It comes... His... It comes across that maybe Peter Sklar was difficult to deal with on Bosom Buddies. I, I, it sounds like he was he took it very seriously when uh, maybe the role didn't didn't require it. But I love the fact that he and Hanks went hard on yeah. their, all everything. Yeah. Tom Hanks <clears throat> says that he, he had a lot of fun on the show. He's a, in retrospect that I didn't read the article that you read, but he, he had he had a lot of fun on the show. He really liked the improvisational aspect of it. Like it's it's well remembered. We just watched it and I laughed. I loved yeah, it. It's that's all you want. Um, yeah. but it's probably gonna remain in the dark shadows of of TV vaults. I don't know if it'll ever get an official release or it, or a uh it got uh it, I know it got some DVD releases. Yeah. They ain't gonna pop up on Hulu or Tubi. I don't, maybe it'll pop up on Tubi. Um, and definitely not with the Billy Joel theme song because you can't uh, afford that anymore. So also a reader wrote into the um, Memphis Commercial Appeals TV mailbag and asked what they what the biggest new show flop of the season was. And Bosom Buddies was one of the ones that the uh, critic listed. So what what um, company did it keep? What were some of the other shows that? Oh, we'll get um, that's that's a new section that I'm going to do called uh, what are you watching? So, Ethan. At the time that Bosom Buddies is on, on ABC, uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century is on NBC, and the second half of The Waltons is on CBS. Which one are you watching? Buck Rogers. Oh, wow. Why? Have you watched Buck Rogers in the 25th Century? No, because I was four years old, and I and I I, <laughs> I, I didn't understand comedy that well, but I understood, like, shooting <laughs> up guns, robots, and stuff. I mean, if I'm an adult, if I'm... Uh, if I'm over like 13, I'm watching Bosom Buddies. If I was older, yeah, I would say that that was probably probably closer to what I'd be doing. Because I got my interests changed from like, you know, can't miss Lois and Clark this week to can't miss Third Rock from the Sun this week. So, (laughs) you know, um, so yeah, I think I, but neither of us will watch the the Waltons. No, God, no, ugh, ugh. That's that's borderline Western. That is a Western. It's not interesting. Isn't it a period piece? No, no, thank you. Now, um, Ethan K. today would enjoy Bosom Buddies, knowing what he knows about Bosom Buddies and knowing what he knows about Buck Rogers. I've tried to watch Buck Rogers. I find it boring. Okay, see? Bosom Buddies, fast-paced, good comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ABC Thursday night lineup that this episode aired as part of was Mark and Mindy, followed by Bosom Buddies, followed by Barney Miller, then Taxi and 2020. That is a wild all over the map lineup, kind of. I mean, it's good. Uh, Mork and Mindy, another show by uh, Miller and Millicus. Uh, so I do think they did a good job of like Mork and Mindy and Bosom Buddies pair together and then Taxi and Barney Miller pair together. Um but it is wild going from Bosom Buddies to Barney Miller. Yeah. Barney Miller, like, you don't hear about it any anymore. You still hear about Bosom Buddies because Tom Hanks is in the news yeah. and Taxi because 
it's well like the cast is still well remembered. Mork and Mindy, it's got Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Miller. Well, I mean, I gotta say, Barb, one of Barb's big crushes has got to be Mr. Hal Linden. Now that is a hunk of man, especially on Battle of the Network Stars. Oof, good. Have I told Have I told you my Abe Vigoda story from <laughs> no. Barney Miller? So, and it works better that we're on video. There was a, <laughs> I used to live on the Upper West Side, and there was a diner that I used to go to—a little tiny place that's closed now. And I was in there eating one time. And Abe Vigoda, Fish from Barney Miller, I mean, walks icon. in. He's he's in his early 90s, mid 90s. He's very old. He comes in. He's just like, ah, <laughs> he's smiling, huge smile. The owner runs over and it's like, oh, Mr. Vigoda, so good to see you. So come on in and have it like have it. Abe Vigoda says nothing. Just huge smile. Sits at a table. <laughs> The owner talks to to Mr. Vagoda. I don't hear what they're saying. Vagoda's smiling has not said a word. And then the owner leaves and Vagoda just sits there smiling. And he's there. No one takes his order. No one gives him a menu. And then after about five minutes, he just gets up, smiles and leaves. (laughs) (laughs) No one fed him. I don't know what the conversation was, but was it like you're did never he, eating here again? What I what I told you, get out of he here. Want food? Like it seems like he, he just wanted the. He didn't say hang. a word. He didn't say anything. What? He just he just <laughs> smiled a big like very happy like Yo, excited yeah. smile. Because we're never gonna do Barney Miller. We're never gonna do an episode well, of Barney Miller. We've done but... an episode of Barney Miller. Who did I do that with? Is that a Pat Bayer? Maybe. Um, but yeah, so listeners, you can't go back and listen to the one Barney Miller episode that we uh, did do. Um, I can't remember what it was. Though. It might have been a gay episode. Who knows? Yeah, wild, wild show. Wild show to follow bosom buddies. <laughs> so on IMDb, 58 users gave this a 6 out of 10. That's a shame because it's, well, the 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 subject matter is a little heavy. I think yeah, there, I there, you do kind of have that whole disappointed mother, that potential like the undercurrent of homophobia that's kind of part of it, and yeah. that could bring it down. I honestly thought as well written an episode, well performed, pretty much everybody. I'd give it more than that. Yeah, I mean, I would go seven point four. I might go seven point six. Oh boy. Um, so who had the must-see performance of this episode? I will give it to Tom Hanks. Okay. I'm giving it to Scolari, so hey. <laughs> Bosom buddies. Definitely not it... giving it to any women. Oh well, they I did also I did write my notes. The meta thing about this show is they're also stealing screen time from the women. <laughs> There's there's one woman who's in a lot of scenes, and that's that that's the mother. And I don't know. It's it she didn't really have much to do except be disappointing. Oh yeah. But but Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari got all the great lines, they got all the screen time. And I wonder if it, if in other episodes Tom Hanks is a when he when he's the focal character, he's a little bit more serious because it, Virtually every one of his lines is some kind of joke or a fun reaction. Yeah. Like he is he is playing the comedy half of this team this episode. Um, 
must other people see this episode of television? This specific episode. Was this a good first episode of Bosom Buddies to see? I would think so. You have a, it's it's that quarter of the show that actually had drag. Yeah. <laughs> um, and drag is integral to the plot. Drag is integral to the plot. There was another one we were looking at that that was an earlier episode where it was about them at the ad agency. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really want to see an episode like what's advertising agency life like during the 1980s. And Brett scrubbed through it and there's no drag in it. So we didn't yep. watch it. <laughs> the episode takes place after they've left the apartment, before they go back home. It's just that slice of their life. Just imagine that's what it was supposed to be. So, which honestly, good show. That would have been a fine show. I wonder if that's what like Perfect Strangers kind of in because they worked at a newspaper. Mm-hmm. So that's it also was, Miller Boyette. It was supposed to be the male version of Laverne and Shirley. And Laverne and Shirley was one of those great shows that didn't have a conceit. There was no there's an alien yeah. living with them or you have to wear drag to get in. It was just Laverne and Shirley are roommates. Yeah, well, it's because like it was a they you know already tested the characters on Happy Days, right? So like, yeah. it's one of those like yeah spinoff you can just totally fine. And Happy Days was a spinoff of Love American Style, which would have made Bosom Buddies a remake of a uh, spinoff of a spinoff. Oh God, yeah. I mean, Happy Days and All in the Family spawned all television in the seventies and eighties. Uh, most shows that I have not watched much of. So and they all have the same producers. Yeah. So the Norman Lear still going strong. The Happy 100th, producer. Norman. Yeah, Norman Lear. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that is it for the the bosoms of buddies. Ethan, do you have any final questions about the art of drag? What's the part about it that you say, I like this the most? And what's the part that you're just like, I could do without this? Oh, of drag? Yeah. Uh, I I love the way it makes me feel. It's that too touchy feeling. um, So like it is. So I think we talked about this the first time is it is feeling pretty is really nice and feeling like beautiful and like girly is, you know, never felt those things before. And it is a really interesting new kind of sense. And also just the fact that like it opens you up to I know what it. I know what wearing a bra feels like. I know what wearing pantyhose feels like. I know what it feels like to do my makeup. I know like, it's just like this whole other side of existence that most men just go their entire lives, never understanding anything about. And it is, uh, it's just cool. Like, it feels like I almost have like a sneak, like I've like peeked over the fence or something and I've like seen what it feels like. Um, I'm the least favorite thing is, uh, eight eyelashes putting them on <laughs> uh i mean well i mean also like i don't like see i could say like uh like tucking or corseting or just like the actual like physical like uh labor yeah. that i go through to be you know a woman but um, that's a, that's an easy answer that's low yeah hanging. and also honestly like once you get into it and like get into like the character and the feeling like i don't even notice it <laughs> like it just feels like i'm just like having fun but like putting on fake eyelashes is so damn difficult <laughs> i can't because like you, you get them and then the glue is on your fingers too and so then when you're like you get it on there and then you try to like get the but your fingers are now stuck together to the eyelash and you can't like get it on and then you it's just it's just uh i don't know how Trixie wears like Trixie mattel wears like three or four pairs stacks them 
it's annoying um professionalism yeah so i don't know like that's you know that's why i'm so glad that i have this outlet and also <clears throat> this justification for spending all this money you're performing that's the yes. other cool thing is that you've 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 entered this arena of well i mean performers you are you are now rubbing shoulders virtually I, with yeah everyone else who's who does drag as a performance i mean you've known me since 2007 how have i changed since becoming a drag queen <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, have you have you changed you still like the things you like oh no yeah I can still talk to you about X-Men until the, you know, until the sun rises. It's just now the only time you see me is when I'm dressed like a woman. <laughs> that's why we have to hang out more. But that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a different. I was supposed to come into the city. I was supposed to come into the city next week to see Bauhaus at King's Theater in Brooklyn. And they just canceled because uh, Peter Murphy, unfortunately, has to go to rehab. So feel better. Okay. Get better, Peter. And that's better than uh, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it isn't. I think that's why they had to cancel back in November. Yeah. God. And I was supposed to then see them at Riot Fest in Chicago. And it looks like they're also canceling that. So I will never see Bauhaus. That's I'm that's the story go. of a lovely uh. lady. Um, Yeah. I, uh, you know, maybe for our first live show, I'll get you in drag. Oh, if we ever, I mean, honestly, it, hey, if we get. We'll we'll come up if we get like X number of subscribers or something. When we hit a thousand <laughs> subscribers, I'll come up to Austin and uh make you do this. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the pain. Uh it's fine. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. We're having a good yeah, time. We can talk about the buddies. I am. Um, Ethan, where can people find you on the internet? Uh where do you where do you want to be found? Where do you want to hang out with people, etc.? My Twitter doesn't really exist. It only exists. I don't know why I still have it. But if you go to EthanK55 on Instagram, I am on Instagram. Uh, I post weird things that I purchase and pictures of my cats and just occasional selfies. I don't know. You're getting enough of my face in this every other week or so. I'm glad that we're back. I'm glad that we were, we were able to release uh, yes. the Paul Lind episode and we got a little bit of feedback with it. I, I The only feedback that I've gotten so far other than my parents being like, you know, you should really do the Phil Silvers show. Which, um, honest, on board. I would love to if I can find it. Uh, or Mikhail's Navy. Yes, um, that, because I want to talk about my my boyfriend, Joe Flynn. <laughs> I wonder if we can find the Jerry Colonna episode. Mm, nope. I'll look for it. Yeah. Uh, but the only other feedback that I've gotten is, when are we going to do the monkeys? Oh, my God. Yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, they're on Daily nice. Motion. Oh, good. Yes, because I used to love the monkeys for a hot sec. Yeah, um, I can and do I, it I, you can't really find them anymore. Like they released the DVD set and it was just kind of like, this is the only time you are going to get this. Maybe for music rights issues. Yeah, probably. Awesome. Yeah. Just um, let them have it. Come on. Uh, <laughs> that's that's and, another thing. There was in, in Bosom Buddies, there was popular music played throughout the episodes and that all got yanked and yeah. mostly replaced with musical versions of Shake Me Loose by Stephanie Mills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's making that good for her. Get that cash, girlfriend. Uh, Billy well, Joel that, doesn't need it. <laughs> that does it for it. this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thank you, Ethan, for dropping by again and talking about 
the bosomest of buddies. Uh, next week, we'll be diving into the 90s. Uh, who knows? Watching what? Uh, we'll figure that out. Until then, I want to hear from all of you. Follow Must Have Seen TV on Instagram, where I'll be posting video clips from this, as well as, you know, photos of me and Dragon. Also, maybe I, I should post other photos as well. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Barb Hardly or at Brett White, whichever one. Uh, you can rate and review Must Have Seen TV and Apple Podcasts, which really helps out. And if you leave us a good review, we will read it on the air same thing goes for if you comment on youtube same thing goes for if you send us an email or ask us questions do literally anything we'll talk to you uh you can read the words that i write as brett white at decider.com thanks to acast for hosting the podcast thanks to y'all for listening and thanks to y'all for watching on youtube and i will see y'all next week on must have seen tv right ethan later i will see you <laughs> next week Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.